A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host Chris Broad and we're joined as always by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how are you doing? What's I'm, going down? I'm good. Um, <clears throat> you just missed me uh, doing a gigantic cough because a bit of uh, berry granola went uh, went on a little adventure uh, into my lungs. So uh, that was fun. Uh, so I was just getting that out. And I've had a busy morning, Chris. I have edited a podcast. I have um, attempted to beat my dad at Wordle. Never happens. He's a genius. Or <laughs> um, just very lucky. I think he might just be very lucky uh, because I know I've got the same genetic makeup as him, and so we're quite similar. Um, number three, I have taken so, taken the neighbour's dog out for a walk. Uh, a little cockapoo called uh, Buddy. Uh, he's very adorable. Uh, and I uh, dropped the lead at one point. Thought I was going to get run over. Good. Uh, that would have been quite <laughs> the explanation to the neighbours who've gone on holiday. Uh, and uh, what else? <laughs> I went to a clock shop to put a wow. clock I bought at Christmas or got bought for me uh, at Christmas uh, it, it's never worked and I couldn't get it to work and the pendulum just just stays there basically I don't really know how to start it and stop it so um, I went in and I said sorry can you fix this clock and he went yeah, yeah no worries it's going to be this about money and I was like oh no I bought it from here I've never been able to get it working and they were like oh really <laughs> and I was like yeah I was like didn't you get it at Christmas I went yeah he went it's August <laughs> I was like yeah I'm lazy as fuck what of it? Oh my god! <laughs> what a day! <laughs> you should do. I mean, YouTubers make most of their views off day in the life videos, and right. I think we need a day in the life of Pete Donaldson because <laughs> it's just so riveting, you know. <laughs> it is. And it all culminated in you choking to death just yeah. moments before we hit the start button on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. And you're bright red. Have you been like fucking rolling around in the sun again? What have you, what um, have you been doing? Not really. Why are you I so mean, red, it, Chris. I'm not a videographer, and I don't really know what white balance is. So I'm. Pro- Probably Don't blame not on white br- balance. <laughs> white balance. Brown. I was at a um, I was at a music festival over the weekend, a one day music festival in uh, in in Leicester, briefly, just to sort of uh, pop in and pop out kind of job. But I uh, just see some uni mates for a bit, and uh, we went to see a. It was basically an all day f- festival where uh, a lot of fake uh, cover bands were doing their thing. All right, it's called like the fake festival, and they do gigs. <laughs> I think they've got their own tent, and they tent. 
themselves mm. uh, in uh, a, a, a patch of greenery in whatever city or town it is, and they basically just um, they, they basically just pitch up and they have a lot of bands, cover bands, uh, covering big bands, and they are uh, of, of, of different quality. But I mean, each lineup is different. <laughs> so like. I was looking at like the other dates in places like Cleethorpes and Durham and uh, I don't know, Southampton and stuff, and they've got um, <clears throat> and they get bands like uh, the Killers and uh, uh, Guns and Roses, and mm. you know really big hard hitters, top tier. Yeah, we had Jamiroquai. One of ours was Jamiroquai, Chris. I mean, that's it not was, bad. I, mean, I like not... Jamiroquai. Of course like you Jamiroquai. do, because you, you have terrible taste in music. <laughs> um, but it, it was um, it was it was all a bit um, it it was it was brilliant by the end because you had your uh, Foo Fighters cover band, which I very much cared for. Uh, I missed the Pulp one. They're my favourite band from Sheffield uh, from the nineties is Pulp, and uh, I was too late for them. Unfortunately, they were on at twelve o'clock. I don't think they. I think they sort of don't rate them how big the the um, the band is. I think they rate them on how accurate the singer is, and I don't think the Pulp guy is mm. particularly good. But I mean. If he's singing a song from, you know, a, a, an album that isn't his or hers, uh, his and hers, uh, this is hardcore, or a different class, I think it's just nice to hear those songs, because you just don't hear those songs. Pulp don't tour. I think they've got a tour mm. on the horizon, but it's just nice to sort of hear them sing songs. But at one point, um, uh, Jarvis Cocker decided to just sing um, Park Life by Blur uh, in, a, <laughs> in a strong Sheffield accent, which, which I thought was a, a bit of a surprise. Oh, my Lord. I mean, I, I always felt like What's it called? A uh, not a mock band, a uh, cover fake band. band, cover band. That mm. sounds more normal. Yeah, I I always thought cover bands. It's a little bit sad. I don't know. I but think... then my one of my girlfriends took me to see a Madness cover band. It was right. actually pretty good. They did a really good job of it, <laughs> and it sort of changed my views on it. Well, but, I, I uh... think that in in this day and age where you are paying, like my mate was trying to buy tickets to Bruce Springsteen for his dad, uh, minimum. Yeah. 500 quid in Birmingham to go and see uh, Bruce Springsteen Jesus. he's on one of those like sliding scales where <clears throat> the more rare the tickets the more money they make effectively uh, but it's all just a bit wow like that that is that is expensive <laughs> that's pretty bad yeah. when are we going to get a cover band for Too Much Volcano with Joey exactly yeah yeah put your little uh, you probably songs. afford the real thing <laughs> bash them out uh, put them on a stage in Sheffield and yeah. uh, let the good times roll exactly it's funny you should mention Jamiroquai I hadn't thought about Jamiroquai for a long time and then I was recently in a in a bar mm. in Takasaki it's this little kind of a forgettable town in Shikoku and uh, mm. I was in the bar there and they just exclusively played Jamiroquai music videos for like three hours <laughs> so I was sitting there like drinking with just Jamiroquai on every Jamiroquai song and I don't know why he had this morbid fascination with Jamiroquai, with Jamiroquai well like, I guess if bands, you're into like, kind of like disco-y, disco-y kind of smooth grooves he ticks a lot of boxes and, and I'd forgotten a mm. lot of Jamiroquai's oeuvre uh, until I heard this man uh, play his music and well, he had a really good same. band Yeah, I mean they're, they're very very samey aren't they um, yeah the, the, only, the only one that's in in any way different is that deeper underground song and even then he's just put a bit of guitar in there like heavy distorted guitar awful <laughs> awful song his worst song anyway enough about Jimmy Kai. exactly we didn't come here to talk me. about JK did you uh, find time to watch the, the ep- <laughs> first episode of Journey Across Japan Escape to Paradise I very in much enjoyed in between your very busy schedule I very <laughs> between hey. all of my fake uh, my fake bands yeah I very much did and I very much enjoyed it it's just nice to see you back doing a big old project again that's going to uh, make your mm. your brain explode. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
you know, I was up until eight o'clock in the morning editing it. I mm. usually finish editing at like three a.m., but this time it was an extra special one because I'd licensed the song "Gold" yes. by Spandau Ballet. Yeah, <laughs> you're a little bit worried. I, uh, it's pretty cheap, only one hundred fifty quid. Mm. One hundred fifty quid well spent. Mm. And uh, to clear the song, it took like a few hours. So I upload the video, and I just sit there waiting for Spandau Ballet's song to be bloody cleared. And right. It was a right nightmare, but. It was worth it. Honestly, and you've met you've met Tony Hadley as well. You've met the lead singer of Spandau Ballet, yeah, right? He used to uh, he used to work with him. He used to work for my radio station. He used to do a radio show. He uh, he would occasionally come out on like uh, I'm going to say like away days with, uh, with 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 everyone who worked at Absolute Radio and uh, uh, and hilariously because he's the man from Spandau Ballet. Um, every now and again, the DJ <laughs> that was at the place would always uh, would always play the uh, song Gold Gold. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the, and we also had at one point. Uh, it was it was him who used to come for away days for a bit of a piss up, and uh, the lead singer of Tapau, uh, Carol. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Carol, what's her name? And she uh, would get delightfully pissed. Um, there was a stand up actually who did, uh, did, you know, did the stand up, and he wasn't saying anything in any way spicy, and Carol shouted, "Stop being racist!" <laughs> What? And it's very hard to come back from that if you're not being racist. That said, though, that very same stand-up has uh, um, made waves as a bit of a rare kind of right-wing, not-so-right-on kind of, you know, anti, in his view, establishment uh, 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 comic, right? So even though he he wasn't actually being racist then... (laughs) He has gone on to be regarded <laughs> oh, as such. So maybe she could just smell it. I reckon there's something there. Shit. Carol from Tapau just going around detecting racists who've not become <laughs> racist yet. <laughs> maybe when she got drunk, she could see into the future. Yes. She could prophesize. We've all been there. We've all gotten that drunk. We can see Behavior. into the future. <laughs> so how's the Bloody how's the hell. reaction to the uh, to the big uh, to the big show uh, gone down? All right. Mm. It's gone down way better than I expected. I hate the title of the video. It's called something like I rented Japan's $800,000 yacht. Mm. As if there's only one $800,000 yacht in all of Japan. <laughs> but it's one of those things, right, where it's just like you've got to think of an interesting title. If mm. I called, Even if I called it I rented an $800,000 yacht in Japan, mm. it wouldn't have done as well. Yeah. So you've got, it's all about the wording. But like, yeah. anyway, it's I think it was uh, number 12 on YouTube trending last time I checked. So it's mm. doing really well. Uh, nearly a million people have watched it in the first two days, which is exceptionally good. I don't know how or why it's done so well, but I'm really happy it has. Cool. It's it's vindicated the expense of buying gold by Spandau Ballet, <laughs> and it's vindicated staying up until eight o'clock in the morning. Like that doesn't even sound normal. Oh, I stayed up till eight o'clock. It just sounds like I started a new day. But I literally. <laughs> got up at 10am the day before and I edited solidly all the mm. way around to 8 o'clock. Very stupid of me to do that. Mm. Please don't do that if you ever get into YouTube. It's not good for your health. But I, it's one of those things with editing. You think, oh yeah, we've done an hour mm. and then four hours later you're still <laughs> editing Natsuki's face in a certain way. <laughs> so editing, you, you always think it's going to take less time than it does yeah. and I have got very bad over the years at uh, sort of estimating how long that's going to take but I got it up that's the main thing that counts and it's a fun episode mm. Jackie nearly killed us with the spiciest material known to man 9 million scovels of shit <laughs> it, did you see it it was like this thick black marmite pasty sauce kind of thing right I don't even know why they've made it I'm told that people <laughs> put like a drop in the soup or something mm. and that gives it the spicy flavour 
but my, like you should not eat this stuff. Yeah. Very dangerous. We had like a toothpick's worth and we were all in pain for about 40 minutes. So Natsuki, what I left out the video is her. Natsuki actually did it twice. And if you've seen the video, Natsuki like, he's almost physically sick at one point. He's yeah. like coughing and he's throwing up. And that's because he did it again because he's a big, brave, big bad motherfucker. Big he did it again. He was like, I'm going to do it again. And he put on like two to three times the amount of this <laughs> horrible spicy goo and yeah. that like messed him up but uh, yeah I very Lo- lovely en- time at Jackie's house I very much enjoyed um, like the, a, a little bit of a potted history of Okinawa uh, it was good to see Ampan Man back the little uh, uh, little dispenser yeah. used to uh, to ruin your life um, <laughs> he, he should very much be your mortal enemy because like he's just constantly being a shit to you <laughs> he gets around a fair bit as well last yeah. time I saw him he was on um, <clears throat> Premier 2 Pete mm. American Pete Crazy American Pete had him in the background of his live streams yeah and I, I you know I, I didn't think we were going to do Journey Across Japan again mm. so I had to steal him away from Pete basically <laughs> and bring him back for another season but uh, yeah so far so good two more episodes to go we're one down th- two to go um, in my opinion the first one is like the second best one. I think the right, third okay. one is probably the best one with okay. Riotro, but we'll see. Nice. But uh, yeah, shame we couldn't get Jackie on for the whole thing. Yeah, she well, was she, uh, pretty she, awesome. Well, she's, um, I mean, I guess uh, with, with Okinawa just looks so bloody beautiful. The blue zone and the blue yeah, water. And yeah. the blue, even, even you know, like near a dirty old bridge, you always expect the water to be a bit <laughs> dirty, but it just isn't. It's just absolutely stunning. Tropical smell, as, uh, as, as Natsuki says at one point. <laughs> That's a t-shirt worthy phrase. But like, yeah, I know, honestly, like, if you look at the video, you think, oh, has he colour graded, like, the footage? Has yeah. he upped the saturation or something? Mm. No, it honestly just looks that damn good. It's lovely. It really is beautiful. Mm. And like, honestly, I said in the video to Joey, like, if I'd remembered how good Okinawa was, mm. I might have ended up living there. <laughs> because honestly, I think it's a very livable place. And I think... Oh, it is beautiful. I, I want to go back. Yeah, yeah. As long as you don't go in summer. In summer, it's brutal. But mm. like, I do want to go back... In October, I think Riotro's got some sort of job or some sort of project in Okinawa coming up. So right. looks like I'll be going back soon as well. Oh, but uh, get yeah, on that cool first episode. What a great yacht! Hmm. You should definitely rent the yacht when you come over, though. It's only it was about uh, about about a thousand dollars to right. rent the yacht for an entire day, which I think is I think it's money well spent. If you've got a group of mates, yeah, if everyone's you sort can of justify in that, that cost, I suppose. So. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm surprised yeah. you even uh, tested your sea legs out again because last time you were busy breaking your drones uh, the last time we went for a little bit of a, a fisherman's <laughs> adventure and I don't think you had a very nice time. I think you felt a little bit ill. <laughs> I didn't have a nice time because it was five o'clock in the morning and I hadn't slept before because <laughs> we'd been on the worst bed in all of Japan in that mm. damn hotel Yeah, thanks to Ryotaro. Like, yeah, I, I was a little bit sick first on this trip but it got better. <laughs> Right. Uh, the trick to getting over like seasickness is just going outside and having like a full the- full like field of view mm. on the boat, right? Mm. Um, and and don't do it at five a.m. <laughs> Live and die by that. <laughs> but yeah, stuff. Okinawa, beautiful place, good series. Check it out, guys. If you haven't seen the first episode. We got a story this week from Huang, and he says, "Hi, Chris and Pete. I'm Huang, uh, another listener. Am I am I saying that right? It's spelled H O A N G. I think so. Huang, Huang? yeah, Huang it is right." Mm. 
I'm a listener from Sweden. Hey, and I recently moved to Japan for work. The other day, I signed up for my apartment, and I couldn't believe how accommodating the real estate agents were. So, I was moving in on Monday, and I was on a trip to Sendai until Sunday the night before. During the trip, they called me and said they needed to clear some info with me, and that I needed to have the contract at hand. They had sent the contract to the mailbox of my temporary apartment, but since I'd been on a trip, I hadn't been able to check it. Hmm. Uh-oh. After explaining the situation, I was told that if I can't fix it until Sunday, I wouldn't be able to move in on the designated day. I was really frustrated, to say the least. However, after some discussion, they found a solution, and you won't believe it. On Sunday, around 10pm, when I arrived in Shinjuku, the estate agent sent two of their employees to meet me up. Uh, meet up with me. Uh, they'd gone to the postal box of my old place in Yokohama, picked up my mail, and brought it all the way over to Shinjuku on a Sunday night. Mm. I felt really bad for them, but it totally saved me, since I only had the temporary apartment one more day. So they explained everything about the contract out in the streets of Shinjuku. Uh, it took an hour. I was dripping in sweat, but oh so thankful. I can't believe they'd go out their way on a Sunday night to do all of this work. When, when it was in my part, uh, it was my fault. Um, have you guys ever had customer service go absolutely beyond expectations in Japan before? Uh, thank you for the great podcast, guys. Always a pleasure. Sincerely, Huang. With his new apartment, presumably. Yeah. That's a nice story, isn't it? I mean, if you've ever had experience with estate agents, and um, I presume, Chris, in the past you have too, um, that's not my experience <laughs> of them, <laughs> let's say. The TV show Staff Let's Flats, uh, or Staff, Staff? Staff Let's Flats, uh, is very accurate. Let's put it that way. <laughs> mm. I mean, yeah, they can be good. It, to be fair, like, when I when I first moved to Sendai and I tried to get their apartment and the owner was like, is he foreign? And they were like, yes. And mm. the owner was like, no. Uh, that wasn't the fault of the real estate agent. No. That was the fault of the owner. Like, yeah. generally... My experience with real estate agents in Japan is good. It's just the paperwork and all the crap mm. that you've got to do for it. It's no surprise. I mean, like this might sound like a nice story. How? Where do they travel from? They travel to Shinjuku from where? Did he say? Uh, oh, Yokohama. That. Yes. All right, that's that's a fair chunk. That's a, a forty-minute train ride. But mm. then don't forget, they're getting some hefty commission on the apartment, right? In the thousands of yen, tens of thousands, probably. So, uh, it, could, it could be worth it. It might sound like they're being really nice and altruistic, but they probably did it because they're going to make a lot of money, basically, on the commission. But, like, you know, I do think staff in Japan, customer service is exceptional. I literally just came back from a, a yakitori skewered chicken restaurant, right? Mm. I thought I'd celebrate Journey Across Japan, sitting alone in a yakitori restaurant, eating various piles of chicken. But, like, I walked through the door... I was assaulted by four members of staff. They ushered me to the seat. They, like, poured the soup of chicken soup right there and then. Before I barely sat down, they poured it and placed it before me. They, like, threw some drinks in front of me. It's just like this clockwork service. And it's just reminded me that customer service here is just so good. Mm. And they never mess up your order either. When I was in the UK, I'd say 20% of my orders were wrong. Is that just me going to dodgy restaurants, or do you find that to be true? <laughs> uh, Deliveroo, it is, isn't it? it's I th- true. I think Deliveroo, uh, wherever I do uh, Uber Eats over here, um, there's always something incorrect, uh, and 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 I'm right. the sort of person who orders incorrectly all the time. So I pre- always presume it's me, <laughs> but then I go back and so I go, "There's no chicken wings on this order that I ordered." <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> what I love is they, they just don't mess it up here It's so mm. damn rare I could probably count mm. it on one hand In ten years Like how many times they've messed up yeah. An order at a restaurant I don't mm. know how or why 
I just, maybe they just actually care. I don't know. But I love customer service here. And so I'm not surprised by that beautiful story. And I hope, uh, Huang, you enjoy your new accommodation. Best mm. of luck to you, mate. Uh, what have we got, though? The news of the week, Mr. Donaldson. Hit us with what you got. Oh, Chris. I mean, obviously, you've been rolling around Japan and your journey across Japan, Japan parts. Is it four now? Three? I can't remember which. Journey across Japan. Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> and you are obviously uh, in every town and city just dodging those Yakuza members with their flick knives and their shirtless, tattooed uh, midriffs, well, no doubt. The first episode of Journey Across Japan, there's Natsuki having a toss with the Akiza, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. He uh, owes the Akiza like $10,000 and he <laughs> coughs up like 10 yen. Well, luckily, uh, if he indeed uh, um, owes money to a very specific part of the uh, Yakuza, the Anagaski uh, Kai, based in the old downtown Akska uh, district of the uh, capital, uh, he is... Uh, they're, they're, they're calling it quits after a century of... To being naughty, right naughty boys. They've basically said, we're not doing this anymore because we're fucking old and nobody wants to join us. <laughs> oh, God. So basically they have, um, they survived over the past few years uh, primarily by just um, running stalls at summer festivals and scalping tickets for concerts. Uh, <laughs> it's just mm. like, I mean, none of Evil. that's illegal, technically, is it? I mean, none of it's really illegal. Running a stall. It's just cheeky. It's just a little bit. Cheeky, cheeky, isn't it? Yeah, it's just being a bit naughty. It's just drop shipping, isn't it, really, uh, in many ways. Um, <laughs> but the group is believed to have gotten its start in the early uh, Taisho era, which uh, ran from uh, 1912 to 1926, and it basically notified uh, on July 25th um, other Yakuza groups in the capital that it's decided to disband. So presumably the other groups will be moving in on the lucrative, no doubt lucrative uh, scalping, uh, and, uh, you know, if there's, a, if there's a fake festival going on in Tokyo, uh, these bands will be... <laughs> These uh, these bands of uh, Yakuza members will be uh, popping in and taking over the uh, uh, Anagaski uh, Kai's membership. Uh, basically, there's been a lot of police crackdowns, an ageing membership. Nobody's joining the uh, the organised uh, crime syndicate, uh, and basically. Because all of their um, uh, their, their, their criminal activities or slightly grey market moody activities revolved around events attended by the public, the group's finances were hit uh, particularly hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. Ah. So it was the leading ticket scalper in Tokyo, a monopolised business in the capital, but because of uh, COVID and because of dwindling attendances at gigs, there has been an upside to COVID. This horrible crime syndicate is no more. Hey. <laughs> I guess it's a cause for celebration. I guess I so, mean, yeah. You know, their membership in 2003 was 700. Mm. By 2021, 85. Mm. That's a pretty steep drop. Yeah. But, you know, the, the Yakuza numbers have been plummeting around the country just because the government had a huge crackdown in the last decade on uh, Yakuza activity, specifically like banking, things like that. Right. Just making life difficult for Yakuza members to the point that the appeal of being in the Yakuza has sort of just gone away, right? There's not much appeal do you, to doing do, it Do you anymore. get the feeling that because so. they had a sort of ageing membership, um, if I know mm. my dad, he doesn't trust apps. He doesn't trust peer-to-peer encryption. He doesn't trust any of that. So I imagine he, they did a lot of their work on unencrypted phones, uh, notebooks and papers and you know, massive paper trails and stuff like that. So they probably made it quite easy for the uh, anti-Yakuza uh, police. Yeah, quite prosperous. Quite possibly. I mean, the Yakuza are smart. They often operate in legitimate business in a lot of ways, right? Mm. Property, real estate, media, 
organizations like they have their fingers mm. in many pies but uh I, I really don't know that much about the yakuza i really need to like look into it more but like in everyday life i think there's this image right where you think oh you might just run into them in everyday life in japan but they, you don't they're quite well concealed if they are there mm. like you used to see them a lot more in sort of kabukicho in shinjuku they'd be like walking around in their suits with their tattoos and mm. uh it did look like a yak is a video game excuse the cliche but like they've sort of disappeared over the years and you don't mm. really see them like going around doing much anymore they are quite prominent at uh festivals as mm. the article sort of said you know the yakuza often run the festival stalls so when you go to a matsuri like a festival in japan mm. they have they're sort of they're, they're working behind the scenes and, and cashing in on those sort of stalls which can be very lucrative at a festival right because if someone like me turns up they're going to make a lot of money mm. off of okonomiyaki sales because I just buy them over and over. So, but no, I, I guess it's just gone down because it's just bloody difficult yeah. to be a yakuza these days, and it's just not much appeal behind it. Like mm. the numbers sort of swelled in the post-war era when things got tough and uh, there was food rationing and things like that. You could sort of, you know, navigate the black market and get food and drink and get supplies in a way that uh, made it quite lucrative and appealing to join. But now I, I really think the appeal's gone from being in the Yakuza and uh, though I don't have the exact numbers on me I did see that the figures had dropped by like in the tens of thousands across the board around the country is it, is so, it not like um, <clears throat> like again because they're just doing it on, like what's that noise oh it's the fax machine oh it's the, the big head honcho <laughs> of the asks uh, group have to say do you want a crime do you want to do some crime oh no do you Everyone's want to seen do that now. some crime do you want to do some crime now <laughs> <laughs> bloody hell <laughs> do you want to do some crime yeah. but uh, yeah these days the Yakuza are most famous on the video game series to be honest mm. but uh, and in Journey Across Japan in the first five <laughs> minutes but uh, I do want to I want to turn that into like a a, nar- a running narrative where Natsuki's just caught up with this Yakuza character yeah uh, the ro- you know you know, you, did you meet Isao? no yes mm, no, no. I did, no no you did you did, did probably I? Okay. When you came, so the the Yakuza dude in this opening five minutes of Journey Across Japan is uh, named Isao, right? And he runs a steak restaurant in Sakata, right? And he claims that he looks like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That's right. I did meet him. Yes. Yeah, Lovely. yeah. And like he got a shout out from the Rock when we I did a tweet to mm. Dwayne the Rock Johnson with his photo, and the Rock was like, "Oh yeah, I'll have to come there for dinner next time <laughs> I'm in Japan." It was very surreal. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to finally put him in a video. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> Even stuff. if I didn't really do his steak restaurant justice, <laughs> I just made him look like a thuggish brute. Um, owed a great deal of money by Natsuki. But I'd like to turn it into a narrative thread. I'd like to create the cinematic universe, to be honest. But I did think about going back and filming an end, the end scene to Journey Across Japan 4, yeah. uh, where Natsuki like, comes back from Okinawa and... But I, don't, I haven't filled in the blanks of how the story would go. Would he come back with the money? Would he gun down the Yakuza? Would it all get very bloody? Like a fucking Tarantino-esque shootout in a Wagyu restaurant. That could be the perfect way to end Journey Across Japan. Yeah. But uh, I have to fill in the blanks. Yeah. What do you guys think? Let's know. That's what the fax machine was made for. Yeah. Well, speaking of the fax machine, we'll be back with your comments, stories and messages, guys, in just a moment. Stick around. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, 
edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realize that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. Now we're back with the fax machine. What do we got this week from our listeners, Mr. Dawson? Oh, I got a message from a Yakuza man who wants to do a crime. Uh, hey, Chris, and hopefully, Pete, uh, I recently watched the vid- video on Connor's channel of him, Chris, and American Pete going to bars in Tokyo. Uh, I realise, Chris, oh, yeah. I'm uh, using the email from the second show recording today, so just follow me for the changes, all right? At one point, Connor mentions re- something about one of the bars charging different prices for foreigners. I tried to find more information relating to that, but I couldn't find much. Is this a thing, or am I misunderstanding? Thanks, Ollie, entertainment and knowledge. Cassidy from the US of A. Hmm. Is I mean, it that is a strange. thing. Yeah, is it a thing? Yeah, I've seen you guys talk about that before. I mean, it's more common in that district. That right. is Kabukicho. That is yeah. Golden Guy, the really cool area. And uh, the, there's little bars there, right? And they have their sort of local patrons, the, the folks that always go there. Mm. And uh, they, if you look at a menu, they've got two sides to it. One side's all in Japanese, one side is in English, and the English side, often the prices of the drinks and the food are inflated, hmm. and there's a rule where you've got to buy like one drink every 30 minutes. So that bar we went in, Connor and I and Pete, we had to buy a drink every 30 minutes, and we had to buy like a snack, and the drinks were maybe 30% more expensive than the Japanese side. So what yeah. I did is I flipped it and just ordered from the Japanese side and spoke <laughs> in Japanese. And that is the way to get around it, Pete. Just yes, be like, Chigoimasu! Chigoimasu! Biru! Biru! And, just, <laughs> and that's the way to get around it, mate. Lovely. Just use Japanese. But it's a little bit cheeky. <laughs> I, I, uh, on the one hand, I think pricks. On the other hand, I think maybe they just kind of want to, you know, attract their regular customers. Like in mm. Japan, they're... 
when it comes to customer service, as we mentioned earlier, people, organisations are fiercely loyal to their regular customers. They want those customers that come back again and again, uh, like the local Japanese folks in that area. Um, they, they accept the foreign tourists because they bring the money, they bring the bucks, but at the end of the day, they, they, they still defer to the regular customers. Mm. And uh, so the, the menus sort of reflect that. But for the most part, across Japan, they don't have that system in place. It's more just like really touristy places like Golden Guy. Maybe a few other neighbourhoods, you'll, you'll get that as well. Mm. But uh, good reason to learn Japanese, right? Yeah, damn right. And, damn straight. Uh, absolutely. We've got one here from Christina who says, Hello, Mr. Coolish and Mr. Affable. I have one more week in Canada before leaving for Japan, and I am so damn excited. I'll be in Sakata for a year as a high school ALT. Well, huh. good God, that's where I was. Hmm. You go meet the Yakuza man. You go yeah. meet Isao from the Journey Across Japan, Christina. Uh, omiyage, souvenirs, uh, have been the most fun because I love giving gifts. Uh, yeah, it's somewhat stressful to prepare for this trip since everyone seems to have a different opinion on what to bring for who. So my question is, what did you bring as Omiyage souvenirs when you started teaching? And in case I run into Natsuki while I'm here, do you think he would like a gift from Canada? You might well run into him, Christina, Mm. like I did on one fateful night nine years ago whilst I was drunk. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for your help, Christina. Yeah. Yeah, so when you get a job in Japan, you're supposed to like bring a gift and I brought some tea... I think I only mentioned this a few weeks ago. I brought some tea, really expensive Wittard's tea from London, and then I forgot to give it to everyone, and I just drank it in my apartment over the course of nine months. Right. So don't be me. Be someone who's good. But like, <laughs> all they really want is just like a souvenir of something local, something mm. special. So just bring some maple syrup, innit? Canada. Some maple s- syrup. Some sea water. I don't know. What, what do you, I mean, your sea hometown. Water. Your hometown, what would you... What would you bring? I'd bring like a little crab from the uh, chemical works down the oh, road. Oh no! Like a Someone nuclear chuck it in a kettle. Yeah, like a nuclear. Yeah. Oh, crab. that's horrible. <laughs> or uh, what else is in can? Bring some poutine. Bring that. Mm. Bring a jar of poutine. Yeah. Smother definitely. it all over some maple syrup. I don't know, I don't know what the cuisine of Canada is. What do people <laughs> in Canada eat? It's <laughs> poutine and yeah. maple syrup. But good luck, Christina. You've uh, you've won the lottery of Japan there. I'm sure you'll run into Natsuki at some point. Just uh, just keep wandering around at night, walking around in circles, and he's yeah. bound to show up. I think when the, the day I met Natsuki, he was out... they put on uh, Chris's house as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think the night I uh, I was out, I ran into Natsuki. It was his birthday, actually. It was his birthday celebration. Hmm. When I ran into him, he was alone, though, which tells Aww. us something about Natsuki's not birthday e- celebration. Not even his wife was with him. That's hilarious. <laughs> Unfortunately oh, not. Poor oh, Natsuki. <laughs> poor Natsuki. Uh, we've got a story from here from uh, Luke. Over to you, Pete. What's All right. Got? Hello to Luke. Uh, Chris, I noticed you in the comments section of Bald and Bankrupt's latest video uh, where he goes to seek out the old Soviet uh, cosmodrome in uh, Kazakhstan. This got me thinking, if you would ever make a video on the Kuril Islands, uh, possibly seek out your own Soviet adventure. <laughs> Chris. So, um, if you're unfamiliar with Bald Bankrupt, he's a tall man from Brighton who is bald. I think he was bankrupt at some point, but I imagine he makes a bit of coin now doing the old YouTube. I think he might have retired. Is he moving back to to, to, to the UK, I think? I think he certainly said he was going to, and then dropped some extra videos and stuff. Yeah. He's, uh... I, yeah, I think he might, I don't think he's retiring. I think he's going to spend more time in the UK. He's quite a big channel, though. He's got quite a cult following. Mm. I mean, I, um... I have watched all his videos. Mm. I sort of tune in every now and then. He he goes to some fascinating places. Like uh, what I love about his 
videos is there's no music there's scarcely any editing mm. he just uses this really cool GoPro-esque uh, Sony camera and he films it and it's like it's on a gimbal so mm. it's quite smooth and easy to watch but he just walks around he talks to people he speaks Russian very well and uh, just engages with the locals in these sort of former USSR countries like uh, Belarus, Kazakhstan, uh, Ukraine, and uh, has these encounters that you just you would never normally see in any other sort of channel. But he did a video recently that I commented on where he found the, uh, the old Soviet space shuttle, the mm. Buran, which was built in the 1980s. Uh, I think I, I don't know if it, I don't think it ever flew, and it just it's literally this this sort of space shuttle that the the Soviets built and left in what can only be described as a shed at Baikonur yeah. Cosmodrome, and it bald and bankrupt uh, Ben. He uh, he sort of broke into Baikonur Cosmodrome, treks over the period of a night like 20, 30 kilometers or something ridiculous, and was able to get there, break into the shed, and catch capture some images of the of the space shuttle images mm. that you know no one had seen in decades because it's sort of humiliating for the soviets to have this craft just hidden there and it was absolutely astonishing and really a surreal video like it was like something out of a movie watching him break in and see this sort of retro 80s space shuttle really quite cool mm. and then he got arrested by the fsb and <laughs> it sounded like it took a dark turn yeah but he talked his way out of it and he lived happily ever after and now he's bald and wealthy um, and he, he love hearted my comment on YouTube so uh, he saw my comment and I feel special yeah but there you go <laughs> you should check it out you'd like it though Pete and Chris, uh, as for the Chris, Curiel Chris, Islands Chris, I watch all what, what? the Bolo Bango stuff I think do you actually yeah I do actually uh, he uh, I, so I've, I had a little um, when I lived in my old house I've got one of those little uh, well those little machines those uh, that, that, that you work out it's not really a running machine but it's, it's for people Trapple. with bad knees basically a, a, a multi thingy oh, yeah, jig yeah. with the with the arms and the legs moving for, back, forward and backwards um, I would stick one of his uh, one of his little travelogues on um, and then I would just just go for it I feel I feel like I'm sort of walking around with him to a certain extent he um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's got some friends that I find I'm less into because of the things they say but um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I think uh, when you're out and about in the uh, you know out and about in this in the sticks uh, in that part of the world I mean look, look you 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 have limited choices when it comes to who you can hang out with so <laughs> they've, they've clearly spent a little bit too much time on the internet. <laughs> he uh, he did an episode where him and his friend, uh, I think her name's Elena from right. Belarus, mm. they smuggled a cat out from of Mexico Cuba. in it was her out of bra. Mexico, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 I think it was Mexico. That they was got strange, on a plane. Wasn't it? That was a strange. It was a very episode. bizarre episode. But like yeah. this, the sort of thing you will get on the channel, like it's mm. bonkers. And I <laughs> take my hat off to him because you know, I I did watch it What's early on. I hat? thought Is I should do this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I should do videos like this. I should walk around Japan yeah. and just talk to random strangers. But you're not but friendly and your Japanese is terrible. <laughs> I'm a monster, yeah. Chigaimasu, chigaimasu. And so that's why I wouldn't do that on the Kuril Islands. The Kuril yeah. Islands are a disputed chain of islands, uh, sort of off the coast of northeast Hokkaido. Mm. Very stunning, lots of volcanoes, um, and they sort of lead up to Kamchatka. But I'd, I'd, I kind of want to go. I would like to go, but it's Russia. And it's a little bit uh, intimidating. I don't really know how. I think you don't think you can go there either because they are disputed. Mm. Um, remember, there was a news story we had about a year ago where a Russian dude had escaped the Kuril Islands and and swam all the way over 
to uh, Hokkaido, mm. which is about 20, 30 kilometres to the nearest island. So right. I'll do that. I'll swim to the Kuro <laughs> Islands. I'll be a wacky weekend. It'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> I can be bald and bankrupt. Look at me gay. Keep the stories, <laughs> questions, comments coming in to abroadjapanpodcast at gmail.com. Go and check out the first episode of Journey Across Japan, Escape to Paradise, guys. But for now, no matter where you might be, out in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days, and we'll see you right back here, guys, to do it all over again on the Abroad Japan podcast. Bye for now. Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.